Medicine. Welcome to Medicine Labor Radio. Labor Radio is dedicated to bringing news, information, and cultural, inform- cultural events focused on working people and the labor movement to the medicine area and surrounding communities. I'm Gil Halstead, a former member of the United Faculty and Staff. Welcome to our summer pledge drive. Your support helps make Labor Radio and all the great programming on WORT Possible. Hi, I'm Ann Habel, a retired member of AFSCME 171. Today, we get an update on the strike at True Stage, formerly CUNA, take a look at the recent debt ceiling deal and how it will affect workers, learn about a rally for workers at the soon-to-be-closed Master Lock plant in Milwaukee, and much more. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of WORT and Labor Radio. Radio, and it's time for you to pledge. 256 2001. We'd love to hear from you. Madison Labor Radio is unique. Madison Labor Radio speaks directly with and for and to the working people here in Madison, Wisconsin. The uh, We'd love to uh, talk with you some more, but rather than me going on and asking you to call 256 2001, um, my pledge companion here, Carol, has some good information for you. Well, we've already received a pledge of $100. Where's that bell? Where's the bell? Thank you. Thank you. And our phone answers are Lexi and Jim out there, and Rory is uh, helping them keep things in order. Um, uh, We have a a, a little bit of inspiration for you. Um, There is a fine station called Wart, deserving of all your support. It airs on FM. It's truly a gem, and of talent, it never runs short. So there, people, we really need some more uh, pledges, and I just want to uh, point out that uh, you might say, what? Why are you asking for money again? Well, we need a new roof. The 3,600-square-foot new roof estimates range from 28000 to 36000 That's one thing. We need new windows on the first floor. If you've ever been in a studio or looked at them from the outside, our wood-clad first-floor windows are over 60 years old. They need to be replaced. And we would like to have a dry basement. The newsroom, uh, after rain or snow melt, uh, sometimes gets a little moist. Um, so those are just a couple item, items. Um, okay, I'll mention the others, too. Tuck pointing the chimney. The mortar between the brooks are... The bricks or blocks crumbles over time. We need some tuck pointing, and we need some field recorders as our community radio station. We go out into the community to catch news, and we need some more recorders. So send us money. Thank you. Well, we have we do have another pledge here from Carol, and we'd like to thank her very much. With some that is handed to me, but I will not I will not mention her last name. But anyway, thank you very much, Carol. And um. Uh, Keith Stefan, thank you, Keith. He pledged a 
pile of money, and uh, his favorite shows are Labor Radio, the jazz shows, and the blues shows. Well, that's what Carol says. She says the 8 o'clock buzz here on Friday. I think that's what it says. Yeah, Labor Radio and a what? A, a public, public affair. affair. A public a affair. Public so affair. that's great. But we do need to hear from you, 256-2001. Just one moment. Uh, earlier this afternoon, I think we did speak with CUNA. They were negotiating this afternoon when we spoke with them. Uh, it's about 5 o'clock when the negotiations were uh, scheduled to end. We don't know what's going on now because uh, they were going to call us if they actually ended. So perhaps they're still negotiating out there with CUNA Mutual. And it's now called, uh, what is it, True Stage. True Stage. And now our story about CUNA. As of today, it has officially been two weeks since members of OPEIU Local 39 struck True Stage, formerly known as CUNA. Joe Evica, a member of the bargaining committee, told Labor Radio that there has been some movement from True Stage, but the union is still waiting for more. Labor Radio reporter Abigail Levins has the updates. That's the sound of people at a car caravan on Wednesday outside True Stage, formerly known as CUNA Mutual Group. This car caravan was part of an unfair labor practice strike at True Stage, where workers and community members have been walking outside from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the past two weeks. Will Roberts, a member of the OPEIU contract team, said there's been strong community support throughout those two weeks. Oh, it's so inspiring to see all the support from the community. We've had really, really strong showings from folks uh, in the Madison area and even far outside the Madison area showing up to support the workers here at CUNA Mutual Group slash True Stage. And it's really, really inspiring and invigorating to see. It keeps us going uh, with our energy up high when people come out from all over the place to show support. And according to Joe Vicka, a member of the bargaining committee, there's been a little progress. He said True Stage has been forced to stop stalling the bargaining process the way that they were for about four months. And we've seen some real movement on some of our main priorities. Avika said the union bargaining committee met with True Stage representatives on Tuesday and they agreed to allow remote work, as well as reach an agreement on job security issues. They also accepted the union's health care package. They were scheduled to meet again with True Stage on Wednesday night, but True Stage negotiators moved it to Friday morning. We're hopeful that what that means is instead of stalling further, that they're actually uh, trying to take the time in order to come up with a substantial counter proposal to us that attempts to, you know, compromise with our union on a lot of the remaining issues that we have on the table so that we can reach an agreement and get people back to work. Evica said there are a few items they still need True Stage to compromise on. These include better pay proposals, accounting for inflation, dropping the True Stage proposal to eliminate the pension plan, and better health care plans. And he's hoping that all this will be brought up in Friday's bargaining session. But really it's going to be dependent on what they provide us in the form of counter proposals on Friday's bargaining session that's going to you know, determine how much the employer is willing to actually move in order to reach a fair agreement with us. Throughout the whole strike, union members agree that community support has been key. Avika invites anyone to come outside True Stage and join the strike. 
And Scott McCullough, a member of the OPEIU Community Solidarity Committee, said it was good to see so many people come out for the car caravan and have a more specific event for community support. Show the workers and show the rest of the community that, uh, that folks support the, the campaign here for a fair contract. Avika said that the OPEIU bargaining team will meet with the whole union after Friday's meeting and will provide updates to Labor Radio tomorrow. You can hear these updates on next week's show. But for now, reporting for WORT Labor Radio, I'm Abigail Levins. Yesterday, workers of the Starbucks store on State Street in Madison held an NLRB monitored vote to join Workers United. Matt Cartwright, a shift supervisor and union organizer at the State Street store, spoke to Labor Radio with some good news for his union. So I'm very happy to announce that uh, the vote ended with a 20 yes and 2 no. So an overwhelming majority of partners voted to agree to be represented by the union. Cartwright described what it was like to vote yesterday. So I went to the courthouse where the election was held inside a uh, courtroom, and the courthouse overseen by an NLRB agent. We sent myself as an observer, followed by Starbucks picked a partner at our store to be an observer for them. And every partner who wanted to come vote would come in. They would state their name to the agent. We would both clarify that, yes, they did in fact work there. I wish they'd be taken to a little screened-off area so they could fill out a ballot, either yes or no, uh, return it to the agent, and that was it. Pretty simple. At the end of the three-hour period, votes were tallied in front of organizers, a union representative, and a representative from Starbucks. The vote was held in the federal courthouse in Madison, not at the job site, which Cartwright describes. It's a few blocks away, and when you get there, you have to go through the whole security, you know, take off your shoes, move everything from your pockets, go through uh, metal detectors, all that good stuff, find your way to the courtroom. It's definitely a hassle, <laughs> which I think, unfortunately, was probably designed to be a hassle by Starbucks. Uh, I think that's kind of what they wanted. Um, but it doesn't matter because pretty much everyone still showed up to come vote. The Starbucks representative chose the election to issue a challenge to the voting roster, according to Cartwright, but the vote went on. There were zero contested ballots. So no one who did cast a ballot at any point did one of the observers, myself or another partner at our store, ever actually contest it. However, at the beginning of the proceedings, um, their lawyer did actually try to contest the voter roll itself and did try to say that the voter roll needed to be adjusted to make sure it was only people who were presently working in the store today, which I did bring up according to the paperwork we received from the federal government. It's okay for everyone uh, who worked on the payroll on May 5th to come vote. And the agent there basically just said that the lawyer would have to take it up with the union's lawyer and with you know the agency as a whole, and it wouldn't be settled that day. Elections under the NLRA require a majority of voters, not a majority of all listed workers in the shop, and Cartwright is confident that Starbucks will have little to challenge the 91% vote in favor of the union. Although he expects Starbucks management will be in no hurry, Cartwright is excited to have his union start negotiations on a first contract. We're very excited to come to the bargaining table, and uh, we're glad to finally join thousands of other partners across the country as true partners. Cartwright sees this electoral victory as just one more step in an ongoing union effort. Um, I will say nobody was surprised by today's results. It almost felt a little bit anticlimactic. There wasn't much going on. But I think it's largely just because everyone kind of understood from the beginning that it was going to be an overwhelming victory, right? While technically this gives us more legal protections, in our minds we've been members of the union since the very beginning. That was Matt Cartwright, describing yesterday's vote by him and other workers at Madison State Street Starbucks to join Starbucks Workers United by an overwhelming 91% 20-22 vote. For Labor Radio, I'm Greg Jabosky.
Uh, we want to say thank Dave Poklinkowski. Thank you, Dave, for your generous donation and his favorite shows. One, Labor Radio. Thank you so much, Dave. So, listener, dear listener, this is Carol, by the way. Uh, you may be wondering, where does our income come from? Well, 75% of it comes from you, the listener. 12% comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting Grant. We get 3% from events and 10% from underwriters. Underwriters, those are the businesses that support WART. So thank you, all of you who give, because the listeners are the lion's share of our, our donors. And speaking of donors, we do have a challenge here. We need to get, during this show, 10 donors. Now, that is not a huge number. We're already almost halfway there. On the other hand, we're almost halfway through the show. So it would be nice to get another five or six people to give us a ring, 256-2001. Or, of course, you can always donate online. We need to hear from you or, I guess, electronically hear from you. Uh, 256-2001, as Carol pointed out, donors make up the largest portion of support for this station. They also demonstrate to everybody how uh, much community support we have. Labor Radio and Ward in general is a catalyst for media throughout the city. Often the first stories that we have about an issue here, about people in trouble, about an organization that's uh, striving to accomplish something, are broadcast here at WORT, and then other media picks it up. So WORT is a catalyst, and we need you to help us continue that role. Call 256-2001. We're influencers. We, uh, we do have some people to thank from the intertubes. We'd like to thank Richard, who gave a generous pledge, likes uh, a public affair and democracy now. Um, pledged at 541. Um, and at 539, we got uh, uh, a generous donation from Chris. So thank you. Likes Labor Radio, Blues Cruise, and is commenting uh, that they're donating on behalf of Stats Painting and Decorating, a local union paint shop. So thank you, Richard and Chris. Um, we did have somebody pledge, apparently, in the, in the previous hour from CWA and asked me who likes Labor Radio, Labor Radio, and Labor Radio. But I don't know if we can count that one because they pledged it for something. So 608-256-2001 is the number to call and pledge. You can also pledge safely and securely on the intertubes, as these people did at wrtfm.org. Uh, and just in case you were wondering, our annual budget is a little over 840000 and it costs WART about $96 to broadcast. So that's another part of what you support when you call WORT. UAW Local 469 workers and supporters held a rally on Thursday, June 1st, to fight the imminent closing of the Master Lock plant in Milwaukee after more than 100 years of production in the city. Fortune Brands, the owner of Master Lock, announced the closing recently. Workers at the plant were taken by surprise. The rally took place outside the grounds of the Master Lock plant, and speakers included the local <coughs> excuse me, local four six nine president Yolanda Nathan, Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson, Milwaukee County Board Leaders Marcellia Nicholson and David Crowley, Wisconsin AFL CIO President Stephanie Bloomingdale, UAW Region Four Director Brandon Campbell, and Mandela Barnes. They claim to support us. They claim that they were committed to us but now they're abandoning us. 
That's right. Shame on Master Lock. We have made them millions of dollars. That isn't good enough anymore. Your 60 years, your 35 years mean nothing to them anymore. Up next at the rally was Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson. Here are a few excerpts. That's what my message is to Fortune Brands. That's what my message is to Masterlock. I want this plant to be open. Yeah. I want this plant open. Yeah. I want it to stay open. Yeah. I want it to stay open. Yeah. And they, they, the powers that be, whether they're here, whether they're in Oak Creek, whether they're in Chicago, they should rethink their decision about closing this plant and displacing the hundreds and hundreds of workers who call this place home, who make it work yeah. each and every single day and have for the better part of a century. Wisconsin State AFL-CIO President Stephanie Bloomingdale also spoke at the rally. For over a century, skilled and dedicated workers and company management build something special together. Yes. Good union jobs yes. were created and a world-class product was produced. Yes. And to tear all that down in hopes of offering shareholders a few more dollars is not just foolish, it is un-American. Here is some of what UAW Region 4 Director Brandon Campbell had to say. Master Lock was forged into the American icon that it is today by the hardworking people of the USA, by the workers right here in Milwaukee. Yes. Yes. Proud yes. members of UAW Local yes. 469. Yes. But like so many others, this company is misguided. They're singularly focused on money. They use that money to buy anti-worker politicians who pass anti-worker laws. That's right. They're not alone. The reality is they're a product of the rich and the powerful in this country. Plant closings are what divide and conquer strategy of theirs looks like. A word like woke doesn't bother me. Letters like CRT don't phase me. Plant closings and workers being exploited, that pisses me off. Mandela Barnes also spoke at the rally. So while it may seem very difficult, very tough right now, I can promise you, Master Lock, anybody else who's listening, we are never going to give up. Amen. We are so much stronger together than we ever are apart. Yes. 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 This is the true meaning of solidarity, standing up for one another in the face of what seems like impossible odds. Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley at the rally. This decision impedes on our vision for all Milwaukee County residents to achieve equity. Not just racial and health equity, but pay equity at the same time. Losing good-paying, family-sustaining jobs in the heart of Milwaukee County only makes it that much more difficult for individuals to succeed. And not just for individuals. For neighborhoods that have historically been left behind, it makes it difficult for them to thrive. We stand in solidarity with you all. So let's ask. No. No. Let's demand more from companies and businesses that call Milwaukee home. Those were excerpts from the June 1st rally in Milwaukee opposing the closure of the Master Lock plant there. At the start of the rally, we heard from UAW 469 President Yolanda Nathan. This is Janine Ramsey reporting for Labor Radio. How does the federal budget deal affect the citizens of Madison? Frank M. Spack has this story. Democrats and Republicans united in the House of Representatives to authorize an increase in the ability of the federal government to borrow. The bill will now go to the Senate. 
However, Republicans demanded cuts in discretionary spending, no new taxes, cuts in the funds to the IRS to collect unpaid taxes, but also authorized increases in defense spending. Congressman Pocan, along with many other progressives, voted against this package. Labor Radio reached out to several nonprofit organizations working with our fellow citizens to ask them what might be the impact of the new federal restrictions should it pass the Senate as expected. Linda Ketchum, Executive Director of Justine, offered this overall assessment of the legislation. We do, we've just criminalized poverty. That's what we've done. And we and we continue to punish people for being poor. We continue to punish people for having jobs that don't pay a livable wage when we ought to be holding the employer accountable for that. But it's all about the drumbeat of poor people bad. While Congress acted to insist that individuals who need food stamps work, Ketchum noted that work requirements were already in place for most people of working age. But there are also specific barriers that prevent people from working or working the hours they need. Affordable childcare is one of them. We see a lot of individuals through Just Bakery and through our reentry journey home, circles of support, or peer support programs who can't find childcare. They want to work, but they cannot find childcare. And you can't leave your four-year-old unattended at home, and nor can you bring them to your job. So if we don't address childcare, quality childcare, and widespread access, we're going to continue to have people who need to rely on benefits. I don't understand why policymakers don't get that. I think they do. I think they don't care. Nothing in their proposed legislation addresses the huge and increasing need for this service. Justine is an organization that both advocates for people and provides services. We will return to this discussion of Justine, the services it provides, and the effects of the new federal legislation as the specifics of the legislation become clearer. Thanks to Linda Ketchum, Executive Director of Justine, for this interview. I am Frank Emsbach of Madison Labor Radio. Amazon workers walked out during lunch on Wednesday to protest the return to work command. Labor Radio reporter Abigail Levins spoke with one of the employees who participated. Dave Bendit told me that this was a joint walkout between Amazon Employees for Climate Justice and the Remote Advocacy Group. They were doing this in response to the Amazon command to come into the office and no longer allowing them to work virtually. They are concerned about the environmental impacts of having to continue to drive to the office and the impact on workers' ability to spend time with their families. They're concerned that Amazon does not care about these employees, and Amazon's response was that employees can say what they want. Dave Bent said, quote, realistically, this is just one step in the process of getting them to listen, end quote. They just want to bring value to their work and for Amazon to listen to them. If there are any updates, you'll hear them right here on Labor Radio. Reporting for Labor Radio, I'm Abigail Levins. Hi there. Listen, we are getting towards the end here. I want to thank Peter. Peter says that, uh, what are your three favorite WRT shows? Everything. Well, Peter, we thank you very, very much for your generous pledge. And you have two ways to pledge. You can go online to WORT.FM, WORTFM.org. Uh, they ex- we accept credit cards and PayPal. You can also call us at 608-256-2001, extension 1. We'll get you right to a phone answerer. And who are our phone answerers? Why, well, they are Lexi and Jim, and Rory is our receptionist. 
Well, we would like to do one thing here, which is to receive some more donors and uh, money would be very important. Uh, Carol already went over what it's used for here, which is at this point, the infrastructure of the building. We ought to be able to be out of the rain when it rains when we're trying to broadcast, and that's uh, a big, big objective here. Anyway, give us a ring at 256-2001 or pledge on the the internet, intertube, as Joanne says. The um, point here is this. Donors are the lifeblood of the station, and without donors, we're not going to be on the air. When you think about what's happening in the media today, when you think about the need for working people to be able to have a voice, something that is almost extinct in the national media. We're it, 256-2001, WORT. Not only we broadcast, though, we also are podcast, so that the people who can listen to what working people think about the issues here in Madison, Wisconsin, or the state of Wisconsin, are beyond just our listenership here in Madison. So give us a ring, 608-256-2001. We need to hear from you. And if you want to be an evergreen donor, that would be the bestest of all because it's a gift that keeps on giving. You can choose any amount of $5 or more to be deducted from your checking or savings account. And our phone answer is no, all about it. So we won't ask you to do any of that over the air um, or over the, over the phone. And uh, But if you fill out a form with our, well, our phone answers will fill it out for you. And that will just be fabulous we have a number of evergreen donors and we want and if you are an evergreen donor and you want to give a little more add another five or ten dollars that would be terrific and we have just over a minute remaining in the program uh we still need two more of you to go to your phones call 608-256-2001 and uh, make a generous pledge of any amount uh to reach our goal for the program so we need to hear from you that means you if you're one of those people out there listening and have not pledged, this is your last chance to pledge during Labor Radio for this pledge drive. So 256 2001, we need to hear from you. You can also pledge on the intertubes, wrtfm.org. Well, thank you very much for all those who have pledged and those donors who have come forward. We look forward to working with you over the course of the year, and you will get the gifts that. Um, uh, well, a lot of yeah, we have a lot of fabulous prizes available. Our phone <coughs> answer is yeah, so happy th- to tell you about those. Uh, we do have the credits of this program to get to. So uh, thank you, everyone who has pledged, and uh, thank you, everyone who's going to. And thanks for listening to Medicine Labor Radio. I'm Gil Halstead. Thanks to editor Frank Emspeck, assistant Robin G., reporters Greg Jabowski, Anna Ham, Scott McCullough, Janine Ramsey, Abigail Levins, Carol Wydell, and Damage Control Specialist Joanne Powers. Special thanks to Keith Steffen, our reader coordinator, web poster Anu Lee, and to all our readers and to the members of IBEW Local 2304 WORT Staff Collective, we dedicate this show to Ellen LaLuzerne. And I'm Ann Habel. We'd also like to thank all of the generous contributors to Labor Radio and WORT. Please stay tuned for the Blues Cruise with Dave Watts and Professor Bill Clark. <laughs>